There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? My, 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 it's hot in here. I think I'm catching the vapors. Might I could do with a glass of sweet tea, set on the veranda, maybe listen to a bit of Jack Benny on the zenith. A cool breeze would be mighty nice about now. And maybe a piece of chocolate pie. That is chocolate pie, isn't it, Max? I know it's your specialty. I admit to feeling a, a bit greedy today, what with the heat and all. You mind cut me a slice or two? I don't need me no whipped cream. It's delicious on its own. Mm -hmm. You know, you do make the best chocolate pie around these parts. How do you do it? You can tell me. What's your secret? Wait, wait. Now that I think about it, I don't think I want to know. Instead, turn that dial to Max Mike Movies. Thanks to your suggestions, <laughs> we've chosen to focus on chocolate pie. No. Yes, chocolate pie for everyone. Every movie ever made about chocolate pie. No, we've chosen instead to focus on Viola Davis. Now, I don't know about Max, but she's an actor I really need to learn more about. And yeah, so, she is awesome. And so we will. We're starting off with one of her Oscar-nominated roles, Abilene in The Help. Just in case, after 204 episodes you don't know who we are, I'll introduce... Over there, making sure that all the I's are crossed and the T's are dotted is Maraschino Max Levine. Give us a cheer, Max. I say, I say, we've got a great show. Oh, yeah. And Give I... Give me a mint julep. <laughs> I'll julep you later. And I am that guy on the other side of the room, Mike Luce. Yeah, these things get harder to write. <clears throat> we're going to talk about The Help in just a few, but first, we're going to hear from you. Poll question... We asked, We're listening. Not you. They're all being shy. <sighs> shut up. <laughs> That's it. Shut up. Oh. I can think, no, think of nothing oh, better. Oh, witty devil. <laughs> shut up, Max. Show us another bit of the wit there, Oski. <laughs> we asked other people, not Max, uh. what is an older movie that you really love, but you know it could never be made today? You were polled, and you responded. Val Coons, longtime listener, first-time caller, posted, quote, Casablanca, because if anyone tried, they'd be tarred and feathered. Also, for some reason, Blazing Saddles comes to mind. Airplane 2. Casablanca is just one of those movies that should never be remade by anyone for any reason. Airplane has several scenes that I think would be no-nos today. When they're Peace Corps workers, for instance, the jive talk scene, and the parking zone couple talking about an abortion. Could you cut any of those or replace them? Sure, but it wouldn't be the same movie. End quote. Yeah, definitely true. Thanks, Val. Someday we'll be related. Tyler Stewart piggybacked onto Val's answer with, quote, A long time ago, a friend and I had a conversation about remaking Casablanca with a much younger James Gandolfini or Bruce Willis as Rick. Thinking about it now, I'd like to see it expanded in a short series with other plot lines added. There are characters in the original I'd like to see more of, end quote. Thank you, Tyler. It's not exactly what we were looking for, but it is interesting. Besides, they did remake Casablanca. It was called Barbed Wire. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's more. Yeah, I know. It was, in fact, so interesting that Tom Devlin, sticking his head in, pointed out that, oddly, there was a remake of Casablanca, sort of, as a TV series in 1983. Mm -hmm. um, Gah, and mm -hmm. thank you, 
Tom. He then added, quote, Do you mean because of changing social mores? I do think many movies are very much part of the times and wouldn't be made in different eras. 70s movies, for example, seem to have long scenes and really take their time setting up, end quote. Hmm. Cool Interesting good point. point, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Had, have you seen the 1983 ooh, Casablanca? I remember series? seeing the ads for it, and the, and basically then throwing the TV through the window. Not throwing up. Okay. <laughs> Adam Mark gives us quote airplane due to a lot of the content now being deemed problematic end quote, mm. and he's not wrong. Thanks, Adam. Nick Hoffman offered, quote, I don't think you could make Lawrence of Arabia today for a number of reasons, economics, politics, and the general opinion that movies like this play Caucasians as saviors, end quote. Very, very true. Mm. Also, see our full episode on The Conqueror, or really the whole series on Whitewashed. Thanks, Nick. Dave! Can I get a Dave? Dave! <laughs> said, <laughs> quote, I would say either M or The General. No point in oh. remaking either. The glory of these films is the accomplishment for the times, end quote. When I pointed out that we weren't really talking about remakes, he responded, quote, mm, <laughs> acceptable. To who? Movies are made for profit. Pretty much anything goes, end quote. Mm. He then published a link to two movies called Inflatable Sex Doll of the Wasteland <laughs> and Pink Flamingos. <laughs> okay, we gotta give him that one. Then he threw in, quote, ah, well... Gone with the Wind, then, and, of course, Birth of a Nation. Oh, Maybe boy. the gods must be crazy if you need more recent. Huh. All of the President's Men comes to mind as the story has no shock value or dramatic yeah, tension. Yeah, yeah, now, it, now it just seems like, you know, a news report. Oh, that. How oh. mm, cute, droll. Oh, what's that? Uh, a president lied? Uh, no! Pardon me while I poop a brick. <laughs> I can't argue with any of those things. Yep, Thank you, Dave. Yep. Dan Schaefer follows along with Dave. Quote, all the president's men would be considered quaint these days, end quote. <laughs> also, blazing saddles. Absolutely. Oh, Many yeah. parts are of it are, to say the least, problematic. Even those bits are pointed satire. I don't think anybody would accept them today, end quote. Thank you, Dan. It seems like uh, blazing saddles and... Uh, yeah, blazing saddles seems to be the winner, or is it all the president's men so far? But we have one more to go. And lastly, from the website Snowy, or Vince, as some call him... <laughs> Gives us, quote, quite a few films I can think of wouldn't be made today. The silent film Pandora's Box has never really been remade, even though it's heralded classic. It also involves a woman who is sleeping with nearly everyone in her life, including the father of one of her friends, and the ending is still shocking to this day, and there just doesn't seem a way to handle it in a way modern audiences can get behind. Oh. The two others I'm sure others will be mentioning are Blazing Saddles, yep. And Life of Brian. Yeah. I'm actually surprised yeah. that he was the first to bring this up. Brian was hugely controversial when it came out, and the religious right was nowhere near as powerful then as now, and today they are heavily armed as well. <laughs> I would count on violence if it was made today, end quote. Wow, harsh, but true yeah. words from up can't, north. Can't really argue with that. Nope, thank you, Vince. Well, Max, you opened this can of worms. How are you going to close it? Well, i got to say, I, I kind of go with the majority on Blazing Saddles. It's yeah. not, and not just the lib rather prolific use of the of the N word, but right. there are things people don't rem may not always think of, like the fact that Mel Brooks is in red face as a a uh, Sioux Indian chief. Yes, which is again hilarious. It's a great scene, but he might as well be a Hakawa. Yeah, he might. Yeah, <laughs> really, he might as well be. You could not. You couldn't make it uh, today. You just couldn't. Uh, no. I also, I was going to say, I'm glad Vince brought it up, his life of Brian. He's absolutely yeah. right. That would, 
Yeah, I mean, you might be able to make it in an indie film. It wouldn't get distributed in anywhere but like three theaters. Yeah. You know, there are countries, what was it, uh, Wales, for example, did not distribute Life of Brian until 2008. Oh, so 50 people didn't see Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Wales. <laughs> there, there were places, there were certain counties in Ireland, it didn't get shown until 2014. Wow. Yeah, there, was a, there were a lot of places that just would not show it. Hmm. Oh, what about me, you ask? Oh, I'm oh, glad yeah, you I'm, did. I'm, yeah, sure, why not? <sighs> 204 episodes of this. Uh, Bumpy, uh, get, get ready, would you? <laughs> <laughs> um, all of the above. I mean, I'm actually surprised that it took that long for Life of Brian to show up as well, because it's a pretty prime example. Um, there's also obviously some TV shows. I know this is sort of bending the question, but like All in the Family, forget it. Oh, boy, Absolutely no. A lovable not. bigot? Nope. But even some films that have a more innocent, and by innocent I mean they don't delve into everybody's daddy issues and stuff uh -huh. like that. Films like even like Forbidden Planet, I don't think you could make it the way they made it then. Mm. Now it would have the monster would have to literally be ripping people on to shreds on screen. Um, people would and anything like like Tom talked about where the, you actually take time to get to know your your area, <laughs> area, area. <laughs> and characters. People don't seem to have time for that no. anymore, and it's kind of a shame. So, uh, good question. Yeah, thanks. Good answers, yes. Yeah, terrific answers. Thank you. Yes, we always thank you for helping Pat. Or, I mean, helping fill our show with <laughs> interesting and uh, delightful insight. No, actually, we do appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. This week, we would love to hear your answer to a new poll question. Yeah, I know, something new, but it's okay. Oh. You can answer us in the usual ways, which we'll go over at the end of the show, just to keep you tuned in. Yep, because we can't tell you at the beginning of the show, or we could get into very serious legal trouble. Very serious. And uh, are you uh, are you still there? Okay. Was there ever a film that you left feeling angry, and why were you angry? Anger, it's what's for dinner, or <laughs> something. What? But now on to trivia. You had me up until the last line. Okay. <laughs> Facts. So first, some Viola Davis trivia. Viola and I have a lot in common. We I... were both born in the same year. Oh, okay. And by a so lot, you... I mean that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> although very few people realize Mike was born a poor black woman. <laughs> that was Steve Martin and, uh, was that the jerk? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And yeah, She is one of the rare recipients of an Oscar, an Emmy, and two Tony Awards. She's almost got the EGOT. I know. I hope she gets the last one. Her Emmy came from working on a show called How to Get Away with Murder. Oh, that was, yeah, Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. Oh, I never, I never watched that. It looked like it was too tense. Uh, the Oscar came from a show called, uh, a movie called Fences, which was a movie made from a Broadway show where she won one of her Tonys. And the other Tony came from a show called King Headley II. That's Headley. <laughs> That's exactly where I went with it, so... Viola is a graduate of Juilliard. You know, that Juilliard. No, 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 no. And echoes of the character she plays in this film, Viola's mother was a maid as well as a factory worker and homemaker. Homemaker. Oh. Remember when that was an occupation? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I remember bad. when there was the doll, Susie Homemaker. That's not a... Okay. That means it's a real profession. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sure. Listen to... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Viola Davis... Went to prison when she was two. What? Her, her mother was attending a civil rights protest and both were oh. arrested. Well, mom was arrested and Viola was along for the ride. 
I bet there's tons of cute pictures of her getting a lollipop or something from the cops, but whatever. I Probably hope that not. was all. Yeah. Superheroes would come later, but she is the cousin of Luke Cage's Mike Coulter. Oh, all and, right. Yeah. And more to come. Now, movie trivia. Yeah. Budget, $25 million. Because, yeah. Take, yeah. Mac, take, just take a guess. Was this popular or not? Yeah, I think it was. I'm going to say $60 million. Two hundred sixteen million. So the wow. help too must surely be on the way. <laughs> the helping. Why the hell is Emma Stone's character called Skeeter? It's in the book, uh, yeah. but not in the movie. It's apparently a nickname from her brother because of her very skinny legs as a child. Uh, he's not in the movie either. Yes, this, by the way, is what one of the things that pushes this movie into science fiction. We are supposed to believe that Emma Stone <laughs> is homely. I, that's one of my notes, but we'll get there. Good Lord, people. Yeah. She's ugly because curly hair, I yeah, guess. Yeah, curly hair glasses, ugly. But we'll get there. Bryce Dallas Howard, who plays Hilly, said she hung a photo of her character above her own commode as, <laughs> quote, that's where she belongs, end quote. <laughs> Sissy Spacek, quite the actor Holy in her crap, own right. Holy crap, Sissy Spacek was in the... I did not see that coming. Yeah. Me either. She didn't want to be uh, Mrs. Walters as she didn't feel there was much to work with. But she mm -hmm. changed her mind when told that she could improvise. Ah, yeah. that explains a lot. And I don't know for sure, but I'm having this feeling that a lot of Mrs. Walters' lines were improvised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, uh, Max, were you as worried about Hilly driving while drinking beer as I was? I was afraid she wasn't going to hit anything. Ah, well, okay, but you don't have to worry, because as long as you haven't passed percent, you can totally legally drink and drive in Mississippi. Oh. So, don't you Excuse feel me, safer? hang on, I, I'm sorry, I have to get over the shock <laughs> that drinking and driving is not as big a deal in Mississippi. Hang on. Okay, I'm better. <laughs> there is a lot of Oscar-recognized talent in this movie. Sissy Spacek, Mary Steenburgen, Octavia Spencer, Viola Davis, Emma Stone, Allison Janney, and Jessica Chastain have all won Oscars. Cicely Tyson has been given an honorary one. Cicely frigging Tyson is in this movie. That floored me. Yep. I had no idea. Octa the legend. Octavia Spencer would win for her part in this film as Minnie. Viola Davis was in two Oscar-nominated movies that year, this one, and Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Help was a Beatles song and movie. This has nothing to do with this film or the book on which it is based, though it does take place during the 60s, and there wasn't a lot of pertinent trivia this week. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, but, on, unless you know it, do you know any uh, trivia, Max, for the help? Uh, just about the letter, but I thought you wanted to bring that up later. Right. The plot. It's 1963, and Jackson, Mississippi is the place to be if you're well-off and white. For the black women who act as maids to these society folks, things aren't so great. They're made to feel less than human, work for tiny pay, and they're expected to do everything from raising the white people's children to making sure they never use their employer's toilets. One of the town's otter daughters, Skeeter, comes back from college trying to make connections with her old friends, only to realize that she and they have very little left in common. For one thing, she sees the huge dividing line between blacks and whites, especially when it comes to the maid that raised her, Constantine, who is mysteriously missing from her family home. Digging a little deeper, the hometown is seen through clearer eyes, and Skeeter, who wants to be a writer, decides to try and collect the stories of the maids and their lives so that she might expose the inherent racism that exists both in her town and, really, the world. But there's a lot of danger in doing this kind of thing. 
None of the maids want to help, especially Abilene, played by Viola Davis. When she has little left for herself since her only son has tragically died, she experiences the last straw when she's forced to use a bathroom made just for her out in the garage so that she doesn't poison that of the White family for whom she works. Slowly, Abilene manages to convince her friend Minnie, who's also going through some rough times, to talk to Skeeter, and soon it's a torrential flood of maids who also want their story told. The book is written, and intimate stories of what it's really like to work for the nice white people is being read by any and all. Will there be repercussions for the writer or, even more importantly, those who spoke up? There are side plots galore, mostly for the white folks in this star-studded tale. The film! Max, I always ask this at the beginning, had you seen this when it came out? I did not. I heard about it. I knew about the book. I didn't read it. I didn't see it. Right. Um, I You haven't read the book since then either, right? No. Okay. I just wondered. I hadn't either. I uh, hadn't seen this film. Um, I will admit it's not the sort of thing that's generally on my radar, but um, when one of our... Uh, I can't remember who actually suggested it. was either, uh, I believe it was Becca Pelkey or my sister mm. suggested Viola Davis. It was like, yeah, you know... This, we looked it up and this movie shows up immediately. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know enough about her and I should. And uh, I'm glad that I watched this film. Let's talk, if you don't mind, about yep. the acting. Wow. <laughs> what the cast in this. Yeah. And I gotta say, one thing that's a minor character, I did not recognize Jessica Chastain as Miss Celia. Where she do you know her from? Because I don't know her. Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, oh, she's done a ton of stuff. What the hell? She's she tends to play like really tough, badass characters. Wow. Then because she's not bad in this movie. Oh yeah, like Molly's Game and Interstellar. Okay. Huh. Oh, oh, that's right. She's also the bad guy in X Men Dark Phoenix. Ah. Yeah. I, and she is a totally unrecognizable character in this. She's, you know, very sweet, very open, kind of ditzy. Yeah. Well, then that speaks really well to her talent. Yeah. I really liked her as a character. She plays this woman named Celia Foote, who there are issues with the uh, hierarchy in local white society, and yeah, she also she, lives well out of town. Yeah, um, which is apparently a big deal. And, uh, yeah, she is, she's white trash, and well, she that's why they just, that's how... She's described. She's white trash, but she and isn't. she married a rich guy. They treat her that way, but yeah. she's not. She she did get married because she was pregnant. Um, she's from a place called Sugar Ditch. <laughs> Sugar Ditch, for all you know, might be the Paris of the Midwest. <laughs> I'm going to go way out on a limb and suggest it is in fact not. I mean, I suppose the word ditch is in the name of the city, but uh, yeah. But uh, she's also the nicest of them. She is, and she honestly just wants to be friends with people, and she may not be the brightest person in the world. She has a lot of troubles, which is one of those very interesting side plots I was talking about. Um, we'll, we'll get to those a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, Emma Stone also tends to usually play oh. a rough, doesn't-take-any-crap kind of character, and she oh. does have aspects of that, but it's a not very always. different approach. One of the things I really like about Emma Stone, she's got actual range. She yeah. can do kind of goofy comedy she can be the tough tough girl. Yeah. She can be the sort of fragile one. I mean, hell, this is another Oscar uh, winner from uh, A La La Land, the almost Oscar-winning movie. <laughs> oh, Warren Beatty. Uh, <laughs> I know it's not but yeah, your and, fault. Yeah, or yeah, she is. She's really good in this. She's very compelling as a character because you can sit there and watch her. Basically, you watch her eyes open as she comes back to a home she thought she knew and realizes she did not know at all. 
um, especially when she finds out that the maid of their family, Constantine, is no longer there. And she's told that Constantine went off to live with family, and that's what happened, and finds out that that's not at all what happened. No. Um, yeah, her mother was an, Allison Janney, another uh, Oscar at least nominee. She played uh, Tanya Harding's mom in uh, I, Tanya. Okay. And she's terrific. Most people know her as CJ from the West Wing. Okay. But uh, she is really good. And my, I, I did, I have to say, she has a redemption arc in this that I don't really feel is earned. I, I was just about to say the same thing. And yeah. I don't feel it's the actor's fault at all. I think no, that they're trying think, to shove a little bit too much in. Yeah. They didn't give her enough time for that. They didn't give enough uh, t- screen time to the uh, to that part of it, which is all right because that's not what we should be focusing on in, no. in this story. And but this is not a short movie, by the way. This is almost no. two and a half hours long. No, and we'll continue with the acting. But I will say real quick, the pacing is really good. I was never bored, so it's it's yeah, it's it, not actiony really at all. No, but you, it was very well paced. So I'll give them that. Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, so a, loathsome. She's a great. Thankless job as oh. Hilly Holbrook, who is the the leader of the town white women's brigade. Yeah, basically she's head of the Ku Klux Klan ladies auxiliary. And I I have to wonder about an actor who takes on a part like that, knowing full well this is somebody that not only am I likely to hate, but everyone watching this is supposed to hate. Um, it's like people take people love to play villains. Villains are always the most fun. But it's she's not that kind of villain. No, yeah. she's not theatrical. She's not uh, melodramatic. She's just an absolutely horrible. I like what Abilene at the end says. You are a godless woman. Yeah. And for that time and place, that was so perfect. Yeah. I also appreciate this one point where she says, "Aren't you tired?" Basically, aren't you tired of hating? Which is, yeah. she doesn't say that, but that's what's Just, suggested. Aren't you tired, Miss Hilly? Yeah, and for the most part, that is the uh, the white women of the film. But there's two really outstanding actors here that play two main black maid characters, and that's Octavia Spencer, who I adore as Minnie. She's, she's so a, good. She's a hoot, and she's a lot but, of fun, and she has a lot of pain, and it's all there. I gotta say, I like Viola Davis a little better in this. I think her performance is more subtle. Oh, yes. She has this incredible quiet strength and yet this terrible, like, crushing weight on her, this despair that she won't give in to. But you get the feeling she's this close. I think there's there's moments where you see her sort of light up and you see that she probably was a lot more like Minnie at one point. But since the death of her son, and she does—I don't—we don't really find out what happens to her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's got nothing else in her life, and she's taking care of other kids. And it's very obvious. And this is one of the most painful things of the film. It's very obvious she loves these kids. Yeah, they might she as well loves be the her white own. children that she's raising. Yeah, and what does she do? So the daughter of the woman she's with, she continuously says, every, pretty much every day, um, "You're smart. You're important." And what was the other third thing? You matter. You matter. And because she's the mother has basically left everything to her. The mother suffered apparently from really serious postpartum depression that never seemed to go away. And she didn't connect to the daughter because the daughter isn't what she wanted. She's not thin. She's, you know, the daughter, I'm sorry, looks healthy. She looks like she's going to be a lumberjack or something. (laughs) She looks strong and fit. Admittedly, she's like, what, three, four years old? She's a toddler, but the mother just wants nothing to do with her. She's just 
Yeah, I believe the mother was Elizabeth, played by Anna O'Reilly, um, whose Again, part really is not good big. Job. Yeah, it's not a very big part, but you can see her. She's struggling because she actually does care for Abilene, Viola Davis's character, but she also really, really cares about her position in white women's society. Yeah. So, as we um, see, more she cares more about that. Yeah, well, so there you go. Uh, Viola Davis has got this quiet strength, too. Like, she's been pretty almost broken. Not quite, but almost broken. But there's also moments. She also has this amazing fear that you see her master. Because when Skeeter first shows up at her house, she's just like, she doesn't know what to do. She's like, yeah. I've never had a white person in my house. I'm not supposed to. I could be arrested or killed because yeah. you're in my house. Yeah, you know, and it's the range of emotions that Viola Davis portrays, and that the character must have to go through on a daily basis is astounding. Yeah, um, you could make an entire career out of just that range of, of, of emotional portrayal in in this movie, um, and in that way, I was like, I'm I was very glad to I've watched this movie because mm. uh, one of the other things I'd like to point out first off. We don't have to complain about there being no black people in a movie yeah, we watched, yeah. which is a nice change. Yeah. But also, the men in this film, all ancillary characters. Yeah, they're None all peripherals. Really Nobody's yep. really important. They're all just set pieces. They're all just used to make points. Yeah. Um, I didn't check to see if this film passed the Bechdel test. My feeling is it does. I, I think it does. Um, but it's nice because sure, it's but- all women talking. It's mostly women characters. It's about what they're going through. Uh, none of it felt pushily so, if I can say that. You know, like, let's do a woman's issue right now. It's like It wasn't like that. It was just, these are the characters and what they're going through, and it was nice. It was very refreshing. How did you feel about that? Yeah, I thought that, I thought that was really nice. This is very much a woman's movie. Mm. And it, because it is very much a woman's perspective, and it's a, clearly in a situation like that, a woman was the only one who could tell the story and the only, the only ones who could relate them. Yeah, we'll get back to that, though. Yeah, the writer, um, Catherine Stockett, she does make a brief appearance as one of the uh, members of the Bridge Club, but oh, she's the okay. one whose novel this was based on. Um, she helped write the screenplay. The director was a guy, though, so, you know. Um, but I will say, unlike, was last week <laughs> rough night? I can't remember. No, no, last... Uh... <laughs> Last week was Lucy, no, that's right. Lucy, Two weeks yeah. ago was Rough Night. Uh, yeah. Unlike Rough Night, which was directed by a woman, yeah. felt like a movie that was like, oh, I think this is what girls sound like. I'll just yeah. do this. <laughs> I didn't, did you get that impression at all in this film? That this is like women characters written by guys or directed Not by really, guys? Not really, no. Good. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, and in that case, it was very... So This more was, it was less the gender and more about the race. That yes, although because the guy characters aren't there much, there's a little bits, and we still some. we well, some. still obvious that the guys are in charge when they show up. It's like we do what de- what what husband says. Or there's whatever. also there's an aspect of the maid's life that they don't that isn't addressed at all. Yeah, that we can talk about later. But yeah, yeah. Um, Cicely Tyson is in here very briefly. Um, yeah, she well, she was eighty six when she made this movie, and I am sorry. She walks away with the scene. It is one of many heartbreaking scenes in the film. She has almost no lines. It's no. all done physically. It's all done with her facial expressions. And it is heart... You're right. It's heartbreaking. It is just so painful to watch. It's not, And it's not very long. Yeah. 
And this is another sequence. This is a flashback where basically Skeeter's had enough and confronts her mother and says, I need to know what happened with Constantine because she's written this book of stories of the local maids and her potential publisher has said, yeah, you need one more story. You need your story of growing up with a maid. And how she was, she was in effect raised by a black woman. Yep. And you, we go into this flashback where the mom tells the story, and it is this terrible situation where the mom has gotten some award for being in the Daughters of the American being, Revolution be, or yes, whatever. Be, you know, basically award for white people voted best people of all. Yep. And while they're, she's having the dinner over at their house, and Constantine, who is obviously very old and is mentioned as being old and slow, uh, her daughter is coming to visit. Well, the daughter shows up early, and of course... Constantine and the daughter, when nobody else was around, were pretty much accepted as family members. Yeah. And so Rachel comes right to the front door and is like, I came a week early. And her mother and uh, Skeeter's mother is horrified. And the women of the DOA or whatever it is. The Daughters of America. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, is a real society. Oh, yeah. Um, are like, how, how can you possibly put up with this? She needs to leave this house right now. And so... Unfortunately, Skeeter's she, mom... She, she folds to the peer pressure. She fo- she's more afraid of losing her position. She's more afraid of what people will think than she is about this fam- about taking care of what is effect- her, her family member. Yep. And she fires Constantine. Yep. Who? And the look on her face, the look of just utter baffled sorrow yeah. is just killing even worse, we see a bit where she's back at her local apartment because she doesn't live on the premises. And what does she have but written on the wall, as most of us did growing up, there's little lines of her daughter getting taller, but right next to each one of those is Skeeter. Yeah. She's been measuring Skeeter, and she obviously can In cared. her own home, yeah. yeah. And, of course, when Skeeter finds out, she's horrified, and the first thing she wants to do is, like, I'm going to go to Chicago and find her. And her mother's like, uh... He tried, yeah. the, and then he, this is something you give the mother... A little credit for. He said, "We sent your brother to bring her home." Yeah, and she, but she had died. Right, likely from a broken heart, or basically yeah. like I'm eighty, whatever. What yeah, I'm gonna do and now? that that is the great the crime of Skeeter's mother, which apparently she's supposed to be redeemed for by beat by sassing Hilly. Yeah, which, which no, <laughs> at sorry. That point in the movie is not that hard. Yeah. Um, so there is a lot of talent in this film. Mm. All of it is on really good display. Yep. Um, I don't think there's a weak... The only weak performances are just because the characters themselves aren't around much. That's all. And it's not even a weak performance. It's just we don't get to see enough of them to know. So there's a, bo- a boyfriend named Stuart yeah. who does a fine job, but he's on the screen for maybe a total of five minutes. Maybe. maybe. Um, we have... Um, I kept forgetting Skeeter's father was present. He's in like one scene. He's in two scenes. At two. one point, he's lying in bed next to her. But that's yeah. yeah he gets like two lines. Yeah. Um, there's some other things that I found just sort of meta surprising, like Disney and DreamWorks working together. It's like hmm, that that won't happen very often because yeah, Touchstone yeah. distributed it, but it was a uh, DreamWorks picture plus six other production. A companies. lot of production companies. <laughs> um, it's also just so you know, it's 1963, so there's smoking lots. And lots of smoking. Lots of smoking, lots of drinking. But the only thing there is more of than smoking is hairspray. Oh, boy. These women's hair, it is, you know, bullets would bounce off. <laughs> and I will say that um, we talk, I talked about this in 
uh, rough night where I said, you know, when I sometimes I my mind wanders, I make predictions. I did make some predictions in this film, although I made them because I got nervous at certain points. And I these just to give you an idea of how bad my predictions fail. My predictions for this film were the reason Constantine slept, uh, Constantine left was that daddy slept with her. No, nope. <laughs> uh, Abilene thinks that Skeeter has betrayed her at some point. No, nope. Stewart's going to end up being a Klansman. Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, and, that was very common in that part of Mississippi, uh, yep. you know, in Jackson, Mississippi, in the 1960s. And uh, the Klan was very powerful there, as the unfortunate Mr. Evers found out. Which was a true thing, and they actually used footage they, of it. This the film. actually comes in. Yeah, that's an that's a very odd part of this movie because, honestly, the this is 1963. The civil rights movement. Martin Luther King is fully is active. The civil rights movement is in full swing, and Mississippi is a major focus. We don't hear very much about that, except no. for the the assassination of Medgar Evers. Yep, and which was not just a, a brutal murder, it was, a, it was a monstrous crime, and the fact that they caught the guy and the all-white jury wouldn't convict him. Yeah. This guy, whose name I will not say because he doesn't deserve it, he lived free until 1994. Wow. He spent 30 years, a free man, finally. I mean, uh, Medgar Evers' widows never stopped trying to get him convicted, and eventually he was convicted, mm. and he died in prison. Well, that's where he should have been. Yes, um, the last prediction was that Minnie was going to get murdered, but oh, uh, yeah, that was all. Spoiler doesn't happen. Um, so yeah, I do make these, and I am wrong. I just wanted to throw that in there. But um, that speaks well for the movie that it yes, wasn't it that predictable. Yep, I like that. I definitely yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I think it's time we get to the butt. Now <laughs> <laughs> you said area. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you said get. But. So Max and I hadn't seen this film. Yeah. And we usually do not speak to each other before the show because we want to hear what each other thought. Mm -hmm. But as I'm watching this film and certain opinions are starting to gel, yeah. my thought was, I have this feeling Max is going to have the exact same idea that I did. And I did cheat. And I asked Max ahead of time. I was like, just quick, did you or didn't you like the film? And I got his answer. And I was like, okay, can, let's just hold off a bit because there's a, all the stuff we talked about is true. The performances are great. Absolutely. Um, the pacing is great. The direction is really good. Visually, yeah. it's really nice. It's, it's really well done. Yeah, it's very bright. Yep. <laughs> um, and you never know what time it is, be or what, what time oh. of year it is, because time passes strangely in this film. Like, oh, I'm pregnant, doesn't show. Next scene, I'm three months along. Mm. Okay. Yeah. But whatever. In general, yeah, uh, This, if you haven't seen... Viola Davis in a film. This is a great introduction to her, and honestly, to any of the other major women in this cast, because they're really good. But, however, we have some problems. Yeah. Like I say, performances are good. They're a good aspect. How about the movie as a whole? Yeah, and we usually do this in the wrap-up, but there's too much here to unpack to just leave it to the end. Yeah. Um, and quite honestly, we've come to the end of the good stuff. Surprise! Yeah. yeah. So, um... One of my first notes regarding the big problem, or one of the big problems with this film, is Emma Stone is Tom Cruise, here to save the <laughs> Japanese way of life single-handedly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Thank yeah. you, Miss White Lady, for coming in and making our everything better. Yeah. And then leaving. And then leaving. Yes, that still gets me. Yep. It's like, okay, I'm here, I've unearthed, you, helped you unearth all these secrets, 
Everyone in this town knows who talked. Yep. Despite the whole, oh, they won't say. Right. But they all know what what's the and what happens to Skeeter? Oh, she lost her boyfriend. What are the maids worried about? They're going to get shot in front of their children. Yeah. Um, or who knows what. Um, and here's the other thing. And one of my questions is a, as a talking point was, will Skeeter's books actually exploit Abilene? And the answer is basically yes. Yeah, pretty much. So she gets an advance of 600 bucks. Woo-hoo, and she splits it up between all the women who she spoke to, which ends up being like $46 a person. Yeah, but... Did you see they were so excited they'd never see forty six dollars. And wasn't that sad? That was pitiful. There's so we talked about some some heartbreaking moments, and the other two for me were with Minnie, um, and one of them is the money that she gets, and she makes such a big deal about it, an envelope with forty six bucks with a note that says, "There's more to come." Bet there isn't. Mm. Um, I think Skeeter's a good person, but. Eh. She is the white savior lady. Exactly. And this is yeah. a trope. You know, uh, there's two tropes in this film. One of them is the white savior. The other one is the magic black person, because we yes. kind of get that, too. And the sort of modern mammy. Yeah. Even the way they talk. Uh, now, Mike, already, Mike knows this. Mike already found this. But back in 2011, when this movie came out, a letter, an open letter was published yep. by uh, an organization called the Association of black women historians. Yep. And while they praise the performances and they say, you know, good for you, it's nice to see women of color getting these parts, this book is crap. This yeah. story is crap. It leaves out so much. It's condescending. It even uh, the thing that struck me was they were saying the language, the way they make the black characters talk, it's like from the the 19th century. Well, if I have a, a direct quote, if you don't mind me reading that. Sure, go ahead. So, the Association of Black Women Historians accused both the book and the film of insensitive portrayals of African-American vernacular, a nearly uniform depiction of black men as cruel or absent, which is true, mm. and a failure to acknowledge the sexual harassment many black women That's, endured in their white employers' homes. They leave that. That is an aspect that doesn't come in at all. The women were constantly in danger of sexual assault from their white employers. Right. Um, Ida E. Jones, the national director of the association, concluded, quote, The Association of Black Women Historians finds it unacceptable for either this book or this film to strip black women's lives of historical accuracy for the sake of entertainment, end quote. Um, as I watched this film, this is 2011, by the way. It's yeah. not that long ago. No. And I was just like, I don't be believe so much was made out of this film in a positive way because the white savior comes in and does everything does it basically exploit all of these people's lives for money and gets a good job to go back to New York, mm. leaves everybody here. Although they have, it's, it's okay because they have the black character saying, no, no, you should go. So that way yeah, we can all feel get, better. She gets absolution in effect. Yeah. And it's just, I don't, I just, the whole thing made me, um, made my skin crawl, but yeah, I wasn't alone in that. I did a little bit more research and found out that, um, Viola Davis decided that she was not a fan of the movie because of its white savior overtones. And she's been quoted as saying, quote, I just felt that at the end of the day, that it wasn't the voices of the maids that were heard, end quote. She said, quote, I know Abilene, I know Minnie, they're my grandma, they're my mom. And I know that if you do a movie where the whole premise is, I want to know what it feels like to work for white people and to bring up children in 1963, I want to hear how you really feel about it. 
I never heard that in the course of this movie, end quote. Bryce Dallas Howard, who plays the villain of the film, says that she too would not agree to be in this film today. Mm. And it's a shame um, because this film isn't really about Abilene and Minnie and the maids. It's really not. It's about mm. Skeeter and it's about Elizabeth and it's about um, Hilly Holbrook. And Celia, yeah. Yeah, it's about what happens to the white people because of what's going on with the black people, more or less. And, it's and some, even some of the positive stuff, it's, it feels so con- condescending. And also out of left field. One of the sort of subplots is Minnie is working for Celia, the outsider. Yep. And Celia, first off, treats her like she's a friend. Celia doesn't know about the hierarchy she doesn't understand she's not supposed to eat at the same table as many mm-hmm. and absolutely refuses not to, yep. which is nice. But she also doesn't want her husband to know that she's hired a maid. Right. Not, not for racist reasons, but because she wants him to think she can take care of the house. Right. Turns out, you know, that's Mr. Johnny, and it turns out he knew from the beginning because the food got better overnight. Yeah. And, and Mr. Johnny turns out to be really nice. In a not in at, and that's out of left field, kind well, of. We never see him till the end of the film. No, no, we do. We see him at the benefit when uh, she is drunk oh. and he's trying. That's one of the times we actually see that we get a hint that he's not a bad guy because he's not embarrassed by her. He's not angry. He's worried because she seems to be very upset and she's drinking too much. And when she gets sick in front of everyone, he's not. Oh God, I'm embarrassed. It's like, oh honey, are you okay? Yeah, but it's a blink and you will miss him. It is, yeah. I mean, honestly, when he showed up the second time, I didn't, if she hadn't said who he was, I didn't know who he was. I didn't recognize him for the earlier scene. Well, Minnie has bags of groceries and she's walking back to the house and this guy drives up in this red Corvette and I don't know about you, but I was thinking, oh no, here it comes. That's what Minnie's thinking. That's what I thought. I thought, oh no, she's going to get attacked. And he leaps out of the car which not the best thing to do. No. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine, it's and fine, she's it's okay. grabbing a tree branch. Because <laughs> that's the, you know, honestly, we're laughing, no. but that's actually a really awful moment. Yes. Because it is played for comic effect, but that is very real. She could have, he could have been there to kill her. Yeah. Well, and he could have got, without any kind of reprisals, or rape her, or anything. Yeah. But it's played for, for humor. The one thing I will give her that I did like about it, even though it was humorous, is he's like, just just put the stick down. And she's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Minnie takes no crap. Absolutely. No. That was, that's what I liked about her. Although, again, she there's some different levels to her character because she's in an abusive relationship. Her husband beats her. And here's the thing. Hmm. I don't disagree with the with the portrayal of black men. There's one black man that we really see at all. He he works a lunch counter and he yeah. takes somebody Henry. takes Skeeter's he's, order and he basically tells uh Skeeter to go home because yeah. for reasons that, you know. Uh by the way, there's a bunch of maids ready to talk to you in his house, although he thankfully does not say that. That's it. That's yeah. all he does. Yeah. I actually appreciate the fact that we don't see Leroy Minnie's husband because hmm. he's a lot scarier that way. He is. He's much more of an um, unseen force, and that does make him more frightening. And also you think, because Octavia Spencer comes across, Minnie comes across as so tough yeah. and so competent and so sure of herself, and you go, what kind of man could do this to her? Yeah. My God, he must be horrifying. And it is more effective that we don't see him. Yeah, but it is also unfair because it makes it look like there are no black men who are good fathers and stick around and black. Yeah, that's there's no black husbands. The only 
one who seems at all decent and we know nothing about him is the minister. Yeah. And he's, honestly, he's not so much a person. He is a figure. Yeah. He's Cut like, out. yeah, he's an archetype. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate what he does, but he's negligible as a character, which is yeah. too bad. And that's that happens a lot. There's a lot of the maids we meet for a brief second. Mm. But we spend a lot of time with the white society ladies, and we know yeah. all about what's going on with them. We know very um, little about Eula May. We yeah. see very little of, Con- of Constantine. We see nothing of Rachel. Right. She shows up just to cause problems, and then... You know, mm-hmm. but the thing is, the one thing we know, and I will give this to uh, her credit and her portrayal of Rachel, is that as soon as she shows up, you can tell she expected to be welcomed. Yeah, that she felt welcome in that house up until that point, and basically, and this is a part they don't focus on enough. She finds the boundary where, oh, we're friends, we're part of the family, until yeah, up to a point, and then there's that wall. Yeah, and it's my guess that this is one of the things that the group of Association of Black Women Historians is talking about. Yeah. um, Where it's like, you're not, or also Viola Davis, where she says, you're not telling us what we're supposed to be hearing. Um, That's one of the things that we would know more about if this movie was actually about the maids, but it's not. Yeah. And we do have to, you know, Abilene gets fired at the end. Mm -hmm. And what's going to happen to her? Well, I mean, and here's the other thing. You know, do you believe, this is one of my um, talking points, do you believe that um, Minnie is not going to feel repercussions from this? Oh, of course she is. They they all are. Yeah. I mean, she when, that, that moment when she's just in, terrified and saying, what are they going to do? Are they going to burn our house? Are they going to shoot us, shoot me in front of my children? Yeah. It's like, are they? They yeah. might. That happened. And... The one potentially good thing for Minnie was the other heartbreaking moment for me. And it's when Mr. Johnny comes home and he's talking to her and he's like, look, Celia told me everything. She told me about all the, um, the sadly, the, the failed pregnancies. And in a really horrible scene, we find out that Celia, who's had this happen now a fourth time, has been burying... The miscarriages, the yes, miscarriages is, in, under rose bushes in, in a that's kind of that's heartbreaking. That is too. That is heartbreaking watching that, and, and, and then so and they, she's well, she's worried that that her husband won't will want to um, break up with her because yeah. he wants kids and she can't have them. But Johnny shows up, tells Minnie, "Hey, it's okay. We're glad to have you here. Quite honestly, you a, your food's a, a lot better than my wife's, which you've is got true. a job here for your, the rest of your life if you want it." That is the sad part because Minnie is thrilled yeah i have got a job for the last of my life being a servant to these people yeah but you can understand it because everything it's so fragile she's already seen she's already been fired and hilly not only fired her but bad mouthed her called her a thief so no one else would hire her yep and she tries to do the same thing with abeline yeah and you know abeline won't say the big thing with uh, hilly and that and abeline and Minnie say look she won't when they're worried about reprisals, saying Hilly won't let anyone believe that this book is about the town of Jackson or any of these people because there's the thing with the pie in there, and she yes. will not. Yes, basically, <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, how how do we bring That's this in? Turd pie. Yeah, good though. Good though. <laughs> yeah, basically, Minnie as revenge serves Hilly after she fires her and badmouths her a pie made with some of her own um, waste matter. Yeah, and Hilly eats like two slices. 
and, and then she develops, tells her what does she do what is what do they call those little sores above your canker mouth? sores well it's not a canker but there's another herpy um, her, i'm sorry herpes? it's a herpy yeah it's a herpy it's probably from that yeah and yeah and i i do li- i like the fact that even though the mother sissy spacek mrs waters is still pretty clearly a racist yeah Minnie won't let her eat the pie yeah no because she knew that 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 mrs walters was probably in some form of dementia or oh, alzheimer's she was definitely she says she can't remember i may not remember my own name i or may not remember what country i live in but i remember you ate two slices <laughs> of that pie yeah and they're saying she will never let anyone know that this is je- about her because she would have to admit that's what she did yes and, and she turns out it's true she she still wants repri- revenge well and here's the thing she can easily get revenge through other means that oh, won't yeah. be directly attributed to her. Of course right? not. All she has to do is drop drop a, a couple of names at the next clan meeting right. that you know she attends. So she's been given this job for life, which thrills her. And to me, that was just one of the saddest things. It's one of the saddest things since a uh, woman named Tracy Chapman wrote a song called Fast Car. If you don't know that song, the poor woman, who I assume is Tracy Chapman in the song... Her dream is to live in a house. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That is as high as she can look because of where she is and what's going on in her life. To me, that is one of the most soul-crushing songs ever because it's, oh, I want to be an astronaut. I, no, I want to live. That's it. I Not, want a roof. Oh, I would be content yeah. with a house, but that living in a house seems to be an amazing goal that she would never be able to attain. And it is so sad. And it's, for me, many being happy and holding her hands together at that offer was just oh it's just sad just really sad because at that point that was what she could expect black women had an unbelievably limited choices of things they could do 90 percent of the black women in minnesota worked as servants for yeah. white white households yeah just so oof. um yeah, want, there is honestly there is a lot about this movie that makes me want to punch it in the face i'm sorry it just does yeah and it's so. It was surprising in 2011. Yeah. I as sad as I have. I, I wish I didn't have to admit this, but it was surprising. It shouldn't be, but it is. No. Um, I did like the characters. I thought there was a lot of good storylines. There was too many. Uh, I thought that what there was there was well done. But again, most of the interesting storylines happen with the white people. Yeah. Um, and we don't get like okay. We know that. Abilene's son died tragically. She tells the story. That's another heartbreaking. Oh moment. Lord! But we don't see it. That we just get to hear. And well, then, that's part. That's part of the nature of the movie. The movie's about stories. It's about a narrative. Well, but we see the pie scene. We do. Well, but we, we don't have it. to see all of them. I think the idea is these are people who want to tell their stories, not and they can't really show them. No, but Abilene, denied a voice. But Abilene, I think, is meant to be as central a character as is celia or hilly and in that case because her past background isn't filmed and we don't see it to me it keeps one of the things that keeps her from being as more present a character than she is i think she should have been um one of this is this is a pointed talking point question max um who is this movie meant to make feel good why it's made for white people of course make because we're because white people fix everything, and now there's no more racism ever. <laughs> that was one of my notes. Yeah. Because literally, Abilene 
holds her head proudly at the end of the film after she's been fired, after she's torn herself away from this little girl that not only does she love, but she knows her mother will never give her the chance or the love that she needs. And she walks into the sunset. Literally. Like, this is a good thing. Yeah. And, and the little like, girl is pounding on the window and screaming her name. Yeah. And it's like, it is incredibly sad, and it's supposed to be an uplifting moment, and it's like, n- n- no. That was an aspect I kind of wish they talked about more. It's fascinating. These black women are raising these white children, yep. and the children love them, mm-hmm. and then they turn into their parents and treat them the same way the parents have treated them for hundreds of years. Yeah. God, that story about, oh, oh I can't remember, there was one maid, it's her only story, how... Uh, the French family, she was left in a will oh, to, Jolene, work, yeah. Yeah, to work for Miss Jolene, even though she wanted to work for the other sister, because everyone just assumed the family and Miss Jolene owned her. Yeah. Like, and, oh, good God, what century is that? It's 20th, as it turns out. Yeah, right? I know, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, it's 100 years it, after the Civil War. Yeah. yeah. Who wrote this movie? A white woman. Yeah. Who directed it? A white guy. This was surprising to me. And we didn't want to spend the entire show talking about this because there are positive aspects to this there film. There are. There is some some good some good movie making here. Yeah. Um, it, mostly in the case of the actors who are in this. Yeah, and the performances are first rate. The women. Um, but, yeah, do you... Uh, <laughs> get to the wrap-up, Max, because I think there's actually more to say, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, okay. The Finish. So, Max. Yeah. Had you seen this movie before this, this show? You asked me that at the beginning. No, no I, I asked, have not. So I asked you if you'd seen it oh. when it came out. Ah, okay. No, I had, I had never seen this movie. I had heard about it. I kind of knew that it, that it pissed off a lot of people because, yeah. of again, it's another one of the Hooray for White People movies. Yeah. Although I got to say, when I'm watching it, I'm just sitting there going, wow, we suck. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we do. Um, if we treat people that way, yes, we do. Yeah. Now that you've watched it, what's your opinion of the film? I, th- uh, I think overall, as a, f- uh, a message film, it's terrible. I think it's an example of co- the kind of movie that we should just friggin' stop making. However, as an example of a movie... It's really well done. The directing is good. The dialogue, apart from the, you know, stereotypical language and inappropriate and inaccurate historical language, is well done. And the acting is superb. Mm -hmm. The the acting is, is, as they say, top drawer. All of the women in this. And the only reason, I'm sure some of, I mean, I forget the name of the actor who plays the little newspaper editor. He's oh, kind yeah. of, he's adorable. He's been in everything. I don't know his name. He's I think he was in Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, wasn't he? Uh I don't remember. He's this this little southern gentleman sort. Yeah, he's mostly a loud he's sort of like an early Lou Grant, except shorter and southern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, the men the men are just irrelevant in this. Which is fine. That yeah. works. Yeah, I but, didn't care, yeah. I didn't miss them. Yeah, the perform the the actresses the actress are ter- terrific. The movie makes me want to punch it. So I have two questions I want to throw in here real quick. Yeah. What if this film, instead of having been made in 2011, what if this film had been made in 1964? Honestly, I think that would have been a lot more effective. I think that would have been revolutionary. Right. 
It I would agree. have, yeah. It would have. I, in fact, I don't think it would have been made in 1964 because it would have never played in the South. And that, of course, leads me to one of the answers to this week's poll question that I didn't want to give because I didn't yeah. give anything away. But this is the kind of film that I hope wouldn't, even though it's 11 years ago, it wouldn't be made today. Um, oh, I think it would. I, I, I just would hope it wouldn't. But I would, you would hope. But the, the white savior trope is very strong. I know, and it keeps cropping up. Yeah. And they try to hide it sometimes, but it keeps cropping up. Oh, they usually don't. <laughs> Especially when Tom Cruise has to save Japan. But um, <laughs> the other question I want to ask is, what did you think about Bob Dylan showing up all of a sudden? That was kind of jarring, considering yeah. we're getting like chubby checker. And yeah. I, I get the idea. It's like, sure, the times are, they are a change in, and it's 1963. And, you know, he, is, he existed then. <laughs> I mean, it's about as poignant as me saying, you know, the Beatles had a song called Help. Yeah. yeah. It's like as connected. It, it was didn't like, fit. That was no. oddly the one part of the soundtrack that, I mean, the rest of the soundtrack is fairly unobtrusive and it works. Yeah. That was just like, okay, no, you're, you're, you're really trying to shoehorn that in. And I don't yeah. think it worked. Yeah. I was like, why is the Zimmerman here? Yeah. <laughs> but. What about you? What did you, now you had never seen this. No. No, and I am, gl- I am glad that I did. And here's okay. the thing I, I take away from it. Like you, like we've just been discussing for the second half of our show, this is a white savior film about how white people swoop in, save all the poor black people, and there's never racism ever again, and nobody else is ever going to get hurt because of what they did in this film, yeah. and they made lots of money, and blah, 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 blah. And it's... I talk about rose-colored glasses, and I, yeah. I can't help but wonder... The woman who wrote this and the guy who directed it, do they really just not know? Mm. I don't know. There's no way for me to know. There's no way to know. The performances are great. It's actually great seeing a movie with mostly women characters where they're not all sitting there. There is one character that's Skeeter. They're trying to push her to get a husband. It's pretty obvious that she doesn't want one, Mm -hmm. but that's not in any way the main thrust of the story. It's women dealing with many different issues. Some of them are, in her case, getting a job, which she wants, and she wants to excel. She wants to not be a housewife. Um, We're dealing with this poor woman who's got miscarriage after miscarriage. We've got the society. We've got all these different things that aren't just a man, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah, I I do kind of like. There was one little scene between Skeeter and her mother, and most of the scenes are just irritating, where her mother is trying in a very 1963 Southern way to ask Skeeter if she's gay. <laughs> and I'm sorry, that was friggin' hilarious and just creepy at the same time. You're like, are you having? unnatural feelings about girls. Because there's herbal tea that'll take care of that. Yes, that herbal is an herbal, there's a cure for that, a root tea. Yeah, I, I didn't know how much I believed that, her yeah. coming at her so daintily about such a subject, or even bringing it up at all in 1963. I, I, I don't know if she would have brought, I, and honestly, I did believe it, because clearly, she was so desperate for Skeeter to be married, to get a husband, because that's what's expected, that she, I think, would have explored anything. She would have tried to come up with anything if if she could come at it with a possible solution. Yeah. I don't like the message of this film at all. Yeah. I don't like the fact that the black characters, who are the, supposed to be the main thrust of the plot, are still relegated to the sidelines. But the reason I'm glad I watched the film is because it shows us 
how much further we still have to go. Yeah. If this film can be a big Oscar winner and the talk of the town and make 10 times its budget in 2011, I think if you come out of this film feeling comfortable, that's the problem. Yeah. I think if you come out of this film going, yeah. and your skin feels itchy, then you understand at least part of the problem and you're at least somewhat aware of what's going on and you understand this is not okay. And in that respect, I'm glad I watched the film. Not least of which, again, the performances, we talked about this many times, but the performances are great. And that's the really sad part, is that all of these performances are lost in such a bad tale, um, a bad message of white people can save everything. But even when they do save everything, it's still like, you have a job with us as our maid forever! Thank you, we'll save you, I think, you saved me. But, uh, yeah. So let's go over last last week's poll. Let's go over this week's poll question because mm. we already went over last week's poll question. Was there ever a film that you left feeling angry? And why did the film make you feel angry? You can let us know in How's many that? ways. How? Such what as ways? What ways? Tell us. Emailing us at Ooh. us at maxmikemovies.com. You can go to our website, maxmikemovies.com, which has all of our episodes, our specials, stuff about us. You can leave comments there. We do take them and, in fact, have used them like we are um, yep. right now. now. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you have an idea for a show, a movie you think we should look into, we actually got another really good suggestion the other day. Um, which we're going to take one. credit for. <laughs> well, yes, but we will give you Bumpy Bucks, which yep. you can use to... Well, um, yeah, in the Bumpy Hut the catalog. Yep. We're on social media, such as Facebook and Twitter. Again, as we hope will remain that way, is totally 100% Elon free. We are Max Mike Movies in both places. And hey, I'll ask again, nobody answered. But if hey, if you think we should be on Instagram for some reason, let us know. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, um, I think that's all that we have for lastly. Well, well, also, should we be on TikTok? Should we like be doing no. Max Mike Movie dances? Uh, no. Okay. No. Well, I know, I know you won't, and oh, I'm not yeah. dancing alone, because yeah. dancing with myself, oh, 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 what, the, what does that mean? I think I know. Anyway. Uh, so we, we, we've dealt with the help, Max. We're still focusing on Viola Davis, and she's got a lot of great roles out there. Which she does. of her great roles would you like to choose for next week? Uh, we're going for her most recent Oscar nomination. for a, This is her, I think, only... Best Actor nomination Ooh. as opposed to Supporting, and this was in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh. Yep. Um, it's not a proctology film, is it? No, no, nor is it a particular medical condition. Yeah? <laughs> are, you, are you sure? Have you... Uh, well, I don't know. I have to talk to my dermatologist about it, but, uh, no. but that's neither here nor there. No, Ma Rainey's uh, Black Bottom. Or neither bottom. up there, either. <laughs> Yep, actually, it's about a uh, blues musician. And we'll get to the bottom of Ma Rainey next week. You are, you are very much fired. <laughs> you, are, you are extraordinarily... There is no words to describe how fired you are. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. Thank you.